Hey guys, I'm Keelan. I'm Ben. I'm Will. Welcome back to another episode of Movie Bracket, or whatever we're calling this. We don't know. <laughs> we don't have an official name for it, I Movie guess. Bracket with Will, and yes. Ben and Keelan. That's it. <laughs> Perfect. We're going to jump right into it, because why not? Um, Let's do we it. got another ten great matchups for you today, and we're going to try our best to stay as enthusiastic as last week. Precisely. So... I've been taking this time while we're doing the bracket to yes. watch all of the movies that only one of you has have watched. Oh yeah, might have been oh. in the bracket anyway. Um, well, this man which watched is a Andy terrible Hall, time. and then he watched. He re, what did you? What else did you watch? I watched Annie Hall. I watched two thousand one. Mm-hmm. Well, two thousand one's in here. Uh, I watched Fight Club yesterday, which I I didn't. Fight Club. I I was heartbroken. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You didn't it's like okay. it. No, I, well, it's fine. Yeah, it's you fine. know what we'll you should do. A film, bro. Yeah, you know you should you should watch the films that Ben and I have seen that are in this bracket. That's <laughs> that way you can it. fight no, about them too. No. <laughs> no, he just doesn't want to watch Sing Street. That's it. No. Yeah, I'll, I'll Street. never watch Sing Street. Till the <laughs> I know I you die. won't. I know you won't. <laughs> okay, um, let's get started. Let's get started. Uh, the first matchup we talked about them last time, but they're going to be real juicy again. The mm. first one up is Inglorious Bastards versus Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Oh, baby. let's get right into it. I, I say Will starts this one off. Yeah, Will, you're most passionate, I think. I'd just like to say, um, a lot <laughs> okay. of people say Inglorious Bastards is Tarantino's best movie. I don't think so. Ooh. I think it's very good, but I think it's like it's like a low five stars for me. There's wow. just it's it's brilliantly written and everything, but something about it doesn't have like the drive forward and like the constant engagement especially towards the middle of it um when that storyline in france kind of in in, in, yeah in in occupied france kind of starts getting started whereas now (laughs) both of you will know that i indiana jones is my probably my favorite movie this is true i don't think it's maybe the best movie of all time but i do Honestly, believe that it's better than Inglorious Bastards. Okay. I think. All right. Yes. I th- See, the I difference think... between Will and I is that Will will never admit defeat. <laughs> and whereas last week I knew my choice wasn't going to go through, Will does not care and he will try to convince I us. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> it's heartwarming. I know. It's very well written. It's ver- it has great performances. It's like pulp, fun <laughs> masterpiece. Okay. That's true. It's true. All right, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, if I may, Ben, um, Go for something it. I, I rewatched Jurassic Park <coughs> not last night but the night before, and I realized something about Spielberg is that he is the master of making really great films with really ugly cinematography. I wouldn't call any of his no no seriously except for like maybe some parts. Indiana of Indiana Jones' the cinematography is really good. It looks really it's nice. It's not pretty though. I I don't yeah, think so. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I it don't is. know. I don't know. There's not many. There's I think the third one, sure, the third one, sure. But yeah. like Jurassic Park. Well, that's the one that we're and talking then the first about. Two, I know. I know. I'm just I'm He's trying to make a point there. about Spielberg. He's got a point there. Okay. I think Jurassic Park, for example, though, almost all the shots are like pretty flat. And, like, kind of really weirdly, like, up close and a little, like, ugly. But they work so well just because the direction and the editing are so good that it doesn't matter. You're not going into those films looking for pretty shots. The editing and the direction of the shots makes them feel so real and so active that that's not what what needs to be there. So... (laughs) 
I love Inglorious Bastards. I think it's the total package, but Indiana Jones stands the test of time better. I think Spielberg, in this film specifically, masters everything, including the cinematography. Hmm. That's the one element I was about to say, is that in this film, he actually comes at you with the sunset shots and the vistas a little bit more than he usually does, and I'm putting Indiana Jones through, because I think that Quentin Tarantino <sighs> has a better film in this bracket, and I'm not going to say what it is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Also, yes. I, I, I want Will you. to be happy. I'm I actually, I'm actually, I'm actually heartbroken. That I think this won that. a couple brackets ago. This one I'm won. I'm so unhappy no, right no, no, now. This I'm never so won unhappy. fully. I know. I love Inglorious Bastards. I think the opening scene is probably one of the best written scenes of all time. Oh, Indiana no. Jones is one of the most enduring characters of all time, and you can't name more than one character from Glorious Bastards. I am also, shocked that you did that. Every every scene in Indiana Jones is like a great scene. It's like it's just like it somehow it just chains these like iconic, wonderful bits together, yeah. and it, it makes it like such a complete, wonderful package, as also, you said. The, exactly. Yeah the detriment of Inglourious Bastards, as much as I love it and it's a five star, there's like a couple scenes where it drags. It just does. Like the ones with mm. like uh, Mike Myers. I don't remember them. Well, yeah, not but it's not a scenes. non-stop action movie like Indiana Jones is. It's, no, I know, it's, but it's, it's, there's it's like so... other Tarantino films where I do remember every scene because even just the talking scenes are super memorable and keep the pace moving because Tarantino writes yeah. talking scenes like their action scenes, but there's a few scenes in Inglourious Bastards of the pace just like grinds to a halt and I just don't remember those scenes. Oh, man. Just for that, I got to continue. Oh, man. I know, I can't, I'm so I actually sorry. can't believe you just did that. <laughs> I, I am shocked. Like... <laughs> I was like, yeah, Inglorious Bastards is so going through. Keelan's going to vote for me. He's going to agree that's one of Tarantino's best, and then we're going to get Will sad. And I'm sorry, Will, but no, <laughs> you just, you just, you just totally flipped the category on its head here, man. I'm, I'm so sorry. Oh, getting sad. I'm I, so I, I sad. Thought that, <laughs> I thought that as well. So I'm, I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised. We had to have a couple upsets. I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> ben, you look like you've lost your mind. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm really unhappy with that. So. Hey, you want you want to you make the case for Glorious Bastards try to change my mind? Well, I'm not going to be able to, but I can try. I mean, like, I think it's Tarantino's best movie from the ones I've seen. I think it's his best script by far. Like, I think the writing in it is just unmatched compared to his other movies. I think Christoph Waltz's performance is on par with some of the best supporting acting performances ever. And like you said, the opening scene is one of the best written scenes ever, as well as that scene where they're talking about the cream. It's just like... Ooh, that's true. It's just like, the writing is just so subtly, like, there's so many little details that go into it that just make it seem like real conversation, yet it's heightened to a point where it's it's over-dramatized, but in a way that just makes it is almost real. And it's just... <laughs> I, just I, I agree with all of that and i love I just it think i really a, love it i just think yeah. i mean like obviously I, I haven't seen last crusade in a while but mm. i just i just think you uh, i uh like i just I'm think so glorious bastards is, is like so much better i'm gonna be real with I, I think i think it might be a better <laughs> like, film but so i think that better. i think that indiana jones and the last crusade is like one of the best action movies if not the best action movie yeah, ever it's, made it's, definitely it's like up action there. adventure like yeah i think of that quality like for that kind of film it's so god tier yeah and yeah and it's it, i th- i just i want to see how that stacks up against some of these other films because i think there needs to be representation of that kind of thing as but well inglorious bastards is one of the best like dramatic comedies ever written ever 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 put to screen romantic comedies of all time one of the best rom-coms i said yeah. i said dramatic <laughs> I know, comedy just, excuse I know. me 
I know. Oh man. See, I, I, I agree. I agree. I just think that there are. Then some why won't better you listen? <laughs> <laughs> I just love indie. I'm sorry. Fine, I grew up with fine, it too. Fine, fine. I'm over it. I'm over it. Get out of <laughs> no, my face. Get out of my face. Get out yeah. of my I'm face. In, my Indiana Jones is also very like it's the action-y swashbuckling thing but it's not it, it's kind of reflexive in a way it's not completely like unself-aware it, yeah. it I, has yeah, that level so. of depth beyond just being like okay I, i'm calling indiana i'm gonna deep. shoot all the nazis because it's like yes he's shooting the nazis that's <laughs> great that's and what is this but what does tell it mean <laughs> what does it mean what does it tell it what does it make us feel fine ben wants to kill himself right fine. now hey, both <laughs> films are nazi movies so it's fine. 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 <laughs> Next up, we have... Yes. Um, this I'm not happy. Just, I'm ben, not well, happy. Ben, luckily for you, you get to take this round off so that you can, you know, steam. Um, Will and I have to argue this one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Interstellar versus Shaun of the Dead. Okay. I think there's a clear winner here. I don't know if there is. Oh, boy. It depends on what you're about to say. I what don't do know you what think? you'll say. What do you I think, think Shaun of the Dead should be the winner. Oh, I, I was thinking Interstellar. I, I think knew Interstellar this would happen. Is... I knew this would happen. <laughs> <laughs> ben, you're relishing in our frustration. I'm just wondering I think Interstellar you know what it feels like. <laughs> maybe, probably, the best Christopher Nolan movie. I need to rewatch Did it Did you forget again. the part where they spend ten minutes talking about how love is the missing part of the formula? There are some really stupid things in that movie. That's true. That's true. But <laughs> we'll remembering it. <laughs> but, but I think Shaun of the Dead is the weakest of those three. And it doesn't have the same like energy or kind of like emotional weight to it as the other two like hot fuzz or the world's end see i agree with you, that however i think that for especially what it is it's one of the, like the lowest budget successful comedies of all time they did so much with so little and i think it's incredibly impressive that edgar Wright was able to kind of establish a style with barely any money shooting with basically two people who were just friends they were barely getting paid for that movie and he made an incredibly funny film that has stood the test of time and still remains a cult classic interstellar is not christopher nolan's best movie the dark knight is his best movie it is the Dark Knight is far least like far far superior in its direction. Uh, Interstellar is great with its effects and really great in aspects of its direction, but it's also like nearly three hours long. There are sequences that are really dumb. Matt Damon is terrible. I, I'm sorry, he did not do a good job. In that movie. I love He's that. He's just part. so silly. He's so there's such silly moments in that movie. Uh, you can't take it seriously yeah. the entire time. I think it really breaks the taking itself too seriously bit, like a little bit. Like I think it's a, a really good movie, but I wouldn't call it. I was say, I you're, talking, you're talking about it like you don't like it. <laughs> no, I really love yeah. it. I'm just trying to argue it down because I want to. I want Shaun of the Dead to get through. I kind of <laughs> think it. It sometimes, it sometimes does get a bit weirdly silly, and I, mm. I love how Matt Damon's character is named Hugh Man. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> it's my like favorite that. thing ever. I didn't even know that, bro. What but the fuck? <laughs> well, yeah. I guess we can't go into specifics because we don't want to spoil it for Ben. I would be glad oh, yeah, to take true, out yeah. my earbuds and just let you guys go. No, that's okay. Um, that's fine. Yeah, I I don't know. I think it's such an amazing... <laughs> I don't know. 
I don't know. I don't know. I I mainly it's just I don't feel strongly about Shaun of the Dead. That's fair. And That's fair. I really love Interstellar a lot. I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I think it it has so much like texture to it, you know? It's so like it's so real in a way that like the Dark Knight is not even like in a lot of his movies really? aren't like it has this sense of like like this is a like this is my 2001 movie where it's like everything is thought out and like beautifully executed and it's just like i i, I like sci- science fiction yeah you call I, me I the think sci-fi there are guy of the that's ending like, that are like kind of stupid guy. though i li- i like the ending i, think I like it's the ending cool. but then i think it goes on for like another 20 minutes doesn't like really it, it it does like okay I, I I won't spoil it Ben but like there's no there it's is, okay go ahead and spoil it. I will take out my okay he's taking out his earbuds okay <laughs> okay all I'm saying is that there's like the bookshelf sequence and then he's like on the ship and then it's like ten minutes of kind of stuff that doesn't matter and then he goes back and like it could have ended oh way I earlier I don't and be I more think impactful. that part is good I like that part where he, like the part where he's like on the the halo thing you know. <laughs> No, no, not yet. yet. Not oh, yet. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, oh yeah, he pro- I did the motion and he probably meant that. No. Okay, I'm going to stop moving my hands. I like that part. I think it's the whole like last half hour or so is really good because it's like the aftermath of this epic okay, fair enough, story fair of adventure and stuff. And it, it's, it's We're not going to more... come to a consensus on this. No. So what do we do? What do we do in this kind of situation? We have one vote each. A poll has gone out on Twitter, and we'll check back in on that before the end of the episode. All right. Next up, we have, speaking of 2001 Space Odyssey, 2001 Ah. Space Odyssey versus Mad Max Fury Road. Do we have to debate this one? Like, no, but I want Will to talk about it because he just rewatched it. Yeah, please talk about 2001. Mad Max Fury Road is the greatest film of all time. (laughs) (laughs) No, Mad Max Fury Road is very good. Yeah. And in fact, it is extremely good. Um, mm-hmm. And we were talking about pure action movies. I don't think Indiana Jones is a pure action movie, but Mad Max is like the definition of a pure action movie. Oh, yeah. That is like, it never slows down and it has a grip on your throat for the entire time. Yeah, that's um, pretty accurate. But in a nice, in a good in a good way, in a very thoroughly enjoyable way. Um, yeah, but 2001 A Space Odyssey is one of the best films of all time. It is a masterpiece. Yeah. And yep. we're all voting for it? Yes. Two thousand one is I will say though I will say though, Mad Max Fury Road has some of the most impressive sound mixing I've ever seen in a movie. I agree. I agree. So does two thousand one. So does two thousand one. So does two thousand one. Two thousand one has I I watched it two nights ago and I think it has some of the best like single moments in Mm -hmm. anything ever. Oh yeah. I agree. The the bone to pen is like the best cut in history. Yeah. Or the the bone to spaceship. hour is just like oh my god there's so much amazing stuff it's it's, it's, it's flabbergasting man i can't we (laughs) was it the first time we all saw it when we saw it at tiff i don't think i saw Uh, it with you you didn't see it with us will but uh that was the second time i saw it it was the first time i saw it and i saw it at tiff with keelan and a few other friends Mm -hmm. on 70 millimeter and that was like mind-blowing okay yeah i I saw it i fell asleep for like 30 seconds and i was awoken to the loudest sound in human history it was the bit with the monolith it's the bit with the monolith on the moon or on the planet um 
and they get close to it, and it just e- erupts with this, like, <laughs> ear-piercing screech. How could and you I'm, go to sleep during that? Because there's, like, that really loud choral stuff. Oh, that's what woke him up. That's what woke me up. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, my God. And so Al- <laughs> I just felt, almost said Alfred Hitchcock. Stanley Kubrick hit me with the biggest fuck you. <laughs> just, like, wake yeah. up. Yeah. Fuck you, movie. wake up. And I'm I remember because yeah. I saw that in, uh, I know I saw it in the theater with my uncle the mm-hmm. night of the most recent provincial election. Um, not to get political. But, and, and it was You're not like, making a comment on the election. <laughs> it was so loud that it was like, like especially during the uh, the bit with the, the apes where they find the monolith initially, yeah. it was so loud that it was like uncomfortable. It was like hurting me. <laughs> but it was so good and I want to so have that good. experience again. <laughs> Um, should I update us on where uh, the poll is at throughout? I would say maybe maybe in a little bit. Okay. Yeah, I, I set a 30-minute time limit on it, by the way. So okay. it's not just going to be okay. the end of the episode. It's 30 minutes, whoever can vote on it. I'm also just going to share you. it to the group chat right now. Uh, make them all do it. Okay. I think Interstellar is going to win that poll. I think so, too. <laughs> we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, next matchup. So, yeah, 2001 Space Odyssey. Come on. Uh, yeah. Next, Mad Max Fury Road, great movie though. Yeah, it's true. La La Land versus The Favorite. Okay, another one we're not going to have <laughs> to debate for very movies. long. I love yes, both exactly. of these movies a lot, but like La La Land is just on another level. Like it's it's just it's like it's this is it's probably my favorite movie. It's like it's it's everything about it just screams joy ben. and just what screams <laughs> Ben. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> what (laughs) it's just like everything about it is perfect like it's just so good i can't like obviously i could explain it i could go into detail that it's just one of the best directed movies i've ever seen because you know damien chazelle he directed the hell out of that movie Mm -hmm. um it's one of the most beautifully shot movies i've ever seen the entire epilogue sequence is like one of my favorite sequences in movie history um uh, Emma Stone's performance is amazing. Ryan Gosling is like he's like he's good, but like he's not awful. <laughs> Whoa, ouch! I think he's Damn. great. I thought he Coming did a great job. Swinging at Ryan I think, Gosling. Well, okay, I, yeah, should, I, I, I think he's great. I, okay, I should say uh, he was nominated for an Oscar, and if he won, I would be like, oh, why would he win? Like, you know what I mean? Interesting. Welcome to Stabs. Because Casey, <laughs> Casey, Casey Affleck was nominated the same year. No, Casey I think Affleck should have won that year, and I'm glad he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. I think he's I think he's great. I, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said good. I think he's great. I think Emma Stone <laughs> is amazing. Um, I just everything about it is so good, and it's one of those movies that no matter when I watch it, like what uh, what like how I'm feeling during the day, how I'm feeling when I start watching it, it never fails to make me happy. Like yeah. at least ten times better than I'm already feeling, and it's just mm-hmm. one of those movies that there's not too many movies that can do that for me, and so that's why it's like it's 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 either my favorite or like top three like it's 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 such a good movie i think it also came at a, a formative time in our lives oh absolutely so it has that absolutely. importance to us I, I think i'm gonna save talking about it for later because it's going through i'm voting for it as well that's, that's true are you are I you sending it through as well though. well are you saying... i'm voting for it I, okay yeah, the favorite so I, I the favorite was from the cursed year 2018 where nothing was good <laughs> yeah 2018 <laughs> well, was a rough was good year at, I, yeah. I liked it. I, I think I might be favorite. coming to the realization that Mission Impossible Fallout is my favorite movie of 2018, and wow. I'm not. I'm not. 
I can apologize for that. It's mine just the way the, I am. Mine was the favorite, and the favorite. Yeah, mine was also is, the favorite. Is also an incredibly well directed movie. Also mm. really well acted. Also an amazing Emma Stone performance. Yorgos um, does a great job with the cinematography, especially. Oh, I mean, yeah. he's not mm. a cinematographer, but like his, the the concept of the film and doing it, like all the wide angle lenses was really really interesting, and I think it's a really well written movie. Oh yeah. But La La Land has La La got La the edge. So much better. It's got the edge. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. La La Land goes through. Match number 15, we're halfway through for the day. We have Apocalypse Now, which is just Will and I have seen, right? Mm -hmm. Versus Moonlight. This is going to be interesting. Um, Okay, well, full disclosure. Go ahead, you go first, you go first. The the context within... Wait, no, the context in which I watched Moonlight was probably not... I don't feel like I absorbed it fully or fully appreciated it for what it was because I watched it like on a on like one two three movies in 2016, <laughs> I and, I, and I think <laughs> mostly I felt compelled to say like this is incredible five stars because it was nominated for best picture and I was like this is well it's a seal of approval it's gotta be the best movie of all time, and um I think it was slightly also overshadowed by La La Land because La La Land's I think more accessible than Moonlight and especially at that time that was like something we could all get in on more yeah, yeah. I think I would I, I want to revisit Moonlight because I haven't seen it in a long time and I, it's probably fantastic um, but we saw Keelan and I saw Apocalypse Now uh, the final new cut on IMAX last year and it was like blew me completely out of the water out of the mm-hmm. Vietnam rivers. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just has a quality like this. It, it makes you feel like you're going insane. And yeah, just it really this, does. Like, long haul of like depression and like everyone's shooting each other and not like nothing's getting done and like the futility of all this whatever. And then the Godfather shows up and he's like, <laughs> says some really Mumbling ominous bombs. things, and yeah. you're like, oh my god, this is insane. I don't. Know. <laughs> that was a terrible review of it. But, but also, I like, think, honestly, like reading the behind the scenes story on it is equally yeah. as interesting. Like the fact that it was shot over like what, like three years, and then edited over like five years, and they ran out of money like six times. And Francis Ford Coppola and uh, Marlon Brando like argued on set, so he redubbed all his lines <laughs> in post because Marlon Brando refused to stick to the script because he hated the script and then they paused filming for three days just so Marlon Brando could read the script to, sorry, sorry, that um, Francis Ford Coppola could read the script to Marlon Brando like the story of making that movie is fucking ridiculous the yeah. fact that it's as good as it is is like a crime and it I shouldn't think be allowed one of the best movies I've ever seen so yeah, I'm voting Apocalypse Now as well yeah yeah. Well, <laughs> then what are you voting for? <laughs> like I, I, I would have had to vote Moonlight, but I'm sure I'm I'm sure Apocalypse Now is a better movie. I think you would have voted Apocalypse Now. I love mm-hmm. Moonlight. I think that the third act has issues. That's that's my like big gripe with that movie. I that disagree, is. and I'll fight you over it. <laughs> <laughs> I also uh, watched Moonlight under similar circumstances as Will did mm-hmm. and don't remember it very well but I, I, I feel like I kind of agree with what he said of the idea of like just like giving it to the hype a little bit and just kind of gave it five stars because I was like oh this is good and got nominated for best picture okay let's give mm-hmm. it five stars I do remember the what I remember though it's just it's a beautiful beautiful movie like it's the definition of a beautiful movie yeah 
The score like, is just amazing. in every in every sense. The score is oh my god, it's amazing. And the cinematography and the I think the acting honestly is my favorite element of that movie, especially in the. Uh, in the first and second section, like especially the first section, I think that kid does such a great oh, job yeah. with the material. Oh, I think he's so. Oh, the second, so the kid good. in the second section is amazing. Oh, yeah. he's great too. He's great yeah. too. Everything yeah. is so. It's just the third section for some reason. I felt like this disconnect. I felt maybe like the actor didn't like get the same energy as the first two. I thought the okay. first two were so powerful. I don't know. Something about the third section just pulls me out a little bit. And, and the of course, first two are so so good. And Mahershala is spectacular. He's, he's amazing. We got another fun matchup coming up your way. You're watching Movie Bracket with Keelan, Will, and Ben on 97.3. Did we just have a commercial plot. break? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we are on a interesting matchup now. We're looking at 12 Angry Men versus Whoa. Speed Racer. Oh, my lord. <laughs> Uh, for those who are why Speed Racer is in this move uh, in this uh, bracket, it's because it's great. <laughs> Thank Please. you. Thank but you. it's not that great. It's not. It's not, it's not great no, in that way. I'm, right? I'm about to get my heart broken again. Ben, I'm, I'm come so on, sorry, it's Twelve ben. Angry Men. It's Twelve I Angry Men. I know, but I okay. I know it's Twelve Angry Men, and I love Twelve Angry Men, and I think it's great. And blah 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 blah. But guys. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I won't even try to compare the two because if if I do, I'll get shot. Like I just <laughs> by by anyone. But I just want to put it out there that Speed Racer is also in that top three. It's just it's it, that movie is everything to me. That's all I'll say. I think Speed Racer is incredibly imaginative, and I think it does stuff with live action film that no other film has really had the balls to try to do, and that's really really impressive. And I really really respect that. Yeah. But Twelve Angry Men's a better movie. Your your okay. scientist didn't think about if they should, you know. That's, <laughs> the, that's not the quote, but you know, they were so preoccupied about if they could have a Mule Hirsch be surrounded by green screen lights that they didn't stop to think about if they should. I know, but it's just so balls the wall crazy, so, and I exactly. really respect yeah. that. I really respect it's, that. It's 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 the definition of style over substance, but it's done to a <laughs> degree that it's 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 it works. And but I, like, I genuinely think it pushes the boundaries of live action to the point oh, where it's absolutely. like treating live action as if it were animated. And sometimes it doesn't work, sure, but I think it's like a genius movie for doing what they do in it. I don't exactly. think it's a masterpiece, but I think it's genius. I mean, I do, but you know, it's, it's also kind of hilarious. It's, it's so funny. It's, it's so, funny. so funny, and it is self-aware too. You have to, you, yeah, absolutely. Like all of the performances are just so goofy. John Goodman is so funny in that movie. It's ridiculous. Chimp Chimp. You can't forget Chimp Chimp. Chimp Chimp. Chimp Chimp. Chimp. I'm so sorry. I've done a disservice to the Speed Racer fandom. I'm disappointed. You know, it's Twelve fine because I I also love Twelve Angry Men. It's one of the we best scripts. It's one of the best scripts ever. Yeah. It's it's so good. It's so good. We'll talk more about it in the next round. Yeah. Because the next the next matchup for Twelve Angry Men is looking tough. So we'll come back to that one. Beautiful. Next, uh, this one's oh oh no. I think I might get my heart breaking broken here. Finally. We're, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're looking at Blade Runner twenty forty nine versus Do the Right Thing. Haha. Oh. No, I mean, will <laughs> come work with me, Ben. Work yeah, with no, me. I, will, I will work with you. I'm going to vote for Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> <laughs> Blade Runner 2049 is okay. Like, okay, okay. I think my favorite kind of movie is like vaguely sad science fiction movies. Yeah, that's actually really accurate for you. Mm-hmm. Blade Runner 2049 is the best shot movie ever. Yes, I agree. I yeah, agree. it's it's the best shot movie ever. At least it it has the most like beautiful cinematography. Yes. And it's it's 
Oh my it's Ro- god. It's Roger Deakins' masterpiece. It's every, like, just, the cinematography alone would make you give that movie five stars, but everything else about it, just, the, ah, it's good. It's so good. Yeah, it's, we it's, can talk I, more about it later, I think. I will be, but, I'll, I'm brave enough to say it's better than the original Blade Runner, but yeah, we'll I, talk I more about that later. Keelan, I'm sorry, that, but it had to happen eventually. <laughs> I don't think is, like, respected about it enough is how it treats how it is a, like a sequel and how it treats the original material yeah, it's great it's really it's, great it's it's so respectful and somehow it like it builds off of it in a way that feels like genuine and it doesn't feel like oh it's my blade runner fan fiction it's, it's like this is such a this is such a genius way of like it's harnessing so that original genius. and making something new out of it which also captures what made the original so effective yes it's like um, the the Watchmen TV show did a similar thing, I think, for the book, which you should all read. Keelan In fact, looks- I sent you all a PDF of it, <laughs> and I'll do it again. God damn Keelan it. looks mad depressed. I'm sorry, Keelan. I love Do the Right Thing, too, though. I watched that for the first time in my film class this year, and it was uh, obviously amazing. But I don't know, dude. I just, I like Do I the like Right Thing with- is the most, like, important movie I've ever seen. I think the script is, like, bar none spectacular. I think its themes are so well handled. The cinematography is so good. It's so nuanced while also being very on the nose sometimes, but it works in a way I've never seen it work before in any film. Spike, like, just directs the shit out of everything, and he starred in it. I think it's flawless. I I understand. I'm voting Um, for Do the Right Thing. It doesn't matter. It's not going through. (laughs) Let me just say I think Do the Right Thing like is is one of the best films ever um okay you know what (laughs) i think that the original blade runner is better than blade runner 2049 because it is far 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 more influential and important it created a film that like it created that universe it created the themes that villeneuve picks up on and continues but Blade Runner 2049 does less to further that conversation than the original did. It is spectacularly shot, I agree. The effects are bar none some of the best of all time. And the performances are great. There are kind of silly moments, I think. I think Do the Right Thing is just a better movie. But that's just my piece. I'm off my soapbox. I accept it. Will, I'm going to switch my vote. (laughs) No, shut up. (laughs) I I did it! it. I disagree that that Blade Runner 2049 is, like, lesser than... Blade Runner. I mean, it's it. Blade Runner is like at a certain point in time, and it did start that conversation, as yeah. you said. But I think Blade Runner twenty forty nine takes it into different places, and it does transform that conversation. So I don't think it's like just an appendix piece. I think it actually does like change things up, and it asks different questions that are like like. Blade Runner was like applicable to that time. It asks questions that apply more to I, our time. Like I agree, the whole... I do agree with you. I think that creating this universe as a massive metaphor for humanity at the time is really impressive. And he's and Villeneuve transformed the world in a different way to make it a different universe to fit kind of a modern version of what it would have been like and like balancing the perspective of what the future would look like from an 80s perspective and then also from us it's a tough line line to toe and he definitely does it really really well but i think that blade runner 2049 poses less questions 
because it is a little bit more concerned with the character than the original is. I think the original poses more questions philosophically than 2049, because 2049 is more about a personal journey, which I think is equally as valid. Well, I think the personal think journey that, is the like an extension of that, because it's you're, yeah, no, it's talking true. about like whether I, no, this I, I guy can have a personal journey. I agree. I just think that like another part of it for me is that I think Blade Runner 2049 abuses its runtime a little bit. I think that like there's like the, the sequence where he's like looking for the horse, for example, you know? That sequence is 2-3 minutes longer than it should be. He's walking at the slowest pace I've ever seen. And I understand keeping a slow pace to your film, which works really well overall. I just think that sometimes it goes a little bit over the line where it starts to become like I know what he's going to do. I know what's going to happen. You're playing with us at this point. And when I can start to recognize that, it pulls me out. I'm going to disagree with uh, you on that. But that's yeah, fair. me too. <laughs> that's fair. That's I, fair. Just, I, think, I think that the slow... I wouldn't call it slow. I'd call it slow burning. Just because... Mm, uh, I agree. Every, I, I don't... I think it's... I think it's... I think it, it's, it's runtime is perfectly fine. Yeah. I like, would call I it, it deliberate. Works. I yes, think it's deliberate. I, I just think that I started to notice it at times, and that pulled me fair, away from fair. the emotion. But that's just me. Okay, fair. Mm. Uh, however, I, I, I am going to switch my vote to do the right thing. Um, because <laughs> you, well, you, 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 you were very right in everything you just said. It's, it's the most important yeah. movie ever. And Spike Lee just has a, such a gift with just pure storytelling that mm-hmm. is, is, is almost like you can't really compare it to any other director. Um, it's very, very unique. The way he weaves all these different lives together, just through the idea of like a neighborhood, is is well, obviously the greater like the idea of like mm-hmm. racial tensions and everything like that, obviously. But um, no, it's 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 you're right. It's so unique. It's so innovative. It's it's so good. And the other thing with Spike is that you can see throughout his filmography, he's very hit or miss. So you can tell when he actually has a story that he really wants to tell and when he's exactly. just telling a story. And this is peak. He has something to say and he says it so eloquently in this movie. I, think I really bl- love that. I think Black Klansman is also an amazing, amazing movie. Yeah. But yeah. you're right in the sense that if you compare the two, if you put the two side by side, you feel that Do the Right Thing is a story that he just... Like, is it like you said? It's a story that he wants to tell. Obviously, he mm-hmm. wanted to tell the story of Black Klansman too, but this is one that he really connected with, and you can feel that through everything. Yeah, I I like the I think the editing of Do the Right Thing is amazing. Yeah. Um, my my problem with it and why I don't love it is that I don't think it's like within the actual story itself. It's not super like eloquently told. Or at some points, I'm just like, this is like being very much pulled along by its its like editing and the way that the story is told, where it like jumps around and stuff. But it's it, within those sections themselves. I'm not always really? super into it. I don't know. Okay, interesting. That's that's fair. I don't know. I I found it consistently captivating. But I like I totally I get it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is a little. There is some slower dialogue at some points. And I For love sure. the way that he does really, like, all the dialogue in the film is so staged, and it it's sounds so, so yeah. corny, but it works so it works. well for how he makes so well. it. Yeah. It's it's hard to, like, put into words. The whole thing feels like a play, almost, and I really love that. I really love that. Yeah, same, well, same. I'm, I I recognize that it's probably a better movie. Or I, I, actually, I don't know. I don't think it's a better movie, but I, I completely, like, I'm not upset about it going on. All right. So, That's, okay. That was a good debate. That was a good. That was a great debate. debate. No, that was All a great. Right. De- I'm, I'm Keelan, well, well, well presented. You made me Thank switch. Thank you. 
I, I I got so excited. I capped like crazy when I went, <laughs> when you switched over. That was insane. All right, number eighteen. This is gonna be a long episode. Uh, we have ooh, Jurassic Park versus Whiplash. Oh, can we? I know. Can we? Can we just? Yeah. Can we? Can we just? Well, like, I disagree, but okay. I know. <laughs> I know. Sorry, but Whiplash. <laughs> Whiplash is Ben and I's favorite movie of all time. So yeah. Jurassic Park is... Whoa! What, what the, the hell, hell just happened? What was that? What the fuck? I hope that um, every time we encounter Whiplash, it isn't just a... <laughs> well, we no, gotta give pass. it to Whiplash. No, we'll, no, we'll argue gonna... it. We'll argue it later. Okay. Because think... as much as I love it, I, I, I there are some films on the list, this list I could I could see going over it. No, me too. I, 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 I have... I'm gonna try and balance out picking favorites over what I think is maybe objectively yeah. better. Yeah, um, I agree. But at this point, I think Whiplash is not only I like it more than Jurassic Park, but I think it's just better than Jurassic Park. Mm. Yeah, I rewatched Jurassic Park literally a couple nights ago, and I gave huh. it four stars. I think it's oh, wow. really, really good. But I think there are parts that are, you know, like they're a little bit goofy and they're a little '90s. Like there's some of the CGI in some parts doesn't hold up, but then other parts is incredible. It's I it's agree a with you. I don't know. It's it's a really really good movie and it's incredibly influential. But Whiplash I think also just holds up as a better like better written yeah. movie, better shot movie. That's it. I think Jurassic Park is probably four or four and a half stars. Yeah. But like Whiplash is an easy ten every single time I've watched yeah, it. Yeah, me too. Ten stars. <laughs> ten <laughs> stars. Ten stars. <laughs> every time. I think a little goofy can go a long way. And I'm not going to explain that. <laughs> I, I think it can go a long way. I just think that in Jurassic Park, sometimes I'm just like, uh, okay, you know? That's just sure. me. That's just me. That's just me. Okay, oh, two boy. matchups left before we it's finish so up for the day. Alrighty. We have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse versus Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, Which is a good matchup, I think. This is a good matchup. Is it? I disagree. I, Will, I, I know Will has a clear favorite. <laughs> I think... Hear it. In, okay, I like Spider-Man. I think it's innovative animation-wise, and it's a very well-done story, and everything fits together very nicely. But I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has this like transcendent quality to it. A, not a quality of being really good. It, it's just... <laughs> it's just like... That's, that's a movie that's as long as 2049, basically. Yeah. And it's just like... You can't take your eyes off the screen because it's not slow at all. Well, it kind of is actually, but it's just like it's so it's wonderful. It's like no, I agree. every scene is just a delight for various different reasons. You got like the best performances, I think, of that year. Some of them, um, like DiCaprio and and Brad Pitt, who Brad Pitt for sure. Brad Pitt was is amazing to watch in that movie and also like all the supporting cast like al pacino and margaret qualley qualley oh she's all amazing. those people yeah. um and um deadwood guy that scene was good <laughs> james um, marsden no um you're forgetting about our boy emile hirsch timothy oliphant <laughs> oh, yeah timothy oliphant. and emile hirsch and oh yeah oh, and man. um margot robbie i think the only Parts Ouch. where that movie <laughs> slows down. I disagree down with your hypothesis. Are yes. the the parts with Margot Robbie in them? But as I've seen really? it again and again, I've liked them more and more because I think okay. those elements fit into like they make a more complete 
movie and in the end it leaves you with more of this like melancholic mm-hmm. kind of like this is a reflection of how the world could have been uh with her like shining light and everything of like real wonderful hollywood but in the real world it's not that great yeah. and everything sucks in the real world so i think yeah i i, 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 I don't think know tarantino i'm kind of rambling, like but it's, it's i think tarantino is the master of creating films that like epitomize his experience with film and i yeah. think this one really gets down to it because I, I watched a video essay a long time ago about how death proof is a very autobiographical film for tarantino because it's about a stuntman who feels he's like he's out of his place of time you know he's not needed anymore he's referencing all these old movies that no one gets anymore and he feels useless uh, and so he, people were saying that like, that's a reflection of how Tarantino feels. And I think that to him, Margot Robbie's character in the film is like a stand-in for the Hollywood he grew up loving, the Hollywood mm-hmm. that he wants to be part of, but the Hollywood he existed. And think, but he wrote the script after the Weinstein thing, like in this mm. modern era where Hollywood's being torn down because of how terrible it is. And to him, I think that represented the Hollywood that could be, that he fell in love with, the idyllic version of it, that at that point in the 60s began a sharp downwards turn because that's Mm -hmm. really 68 69 like that's the end of classic hollywood that's the end of the era that he grew up loving and i think it's so interesting to watch this film of like what could be if that didn't happen and what could have been if he could have continued being a filmmaker in the era that he loved just that that last the last like 30 minutes aside from it being like hilarious and and incredible it's it's I think it's really interesting, uh, like the kind of theme stuff that happens in that sequence and the kind of implications that it has that it diverges from actual history because it's like a lot of people have called attention to the fact that it's like a horrific act of violence of like Brad Pitt killing all these people and it's true and it's and I don't think you can excuse that and being like oh yeah he's beating up the bad guys because he like they hadn't done anything yet you don't know yeah and you don't know so i think it's really interesting that like the kind of um juxtaposition of like at the end leonardo dicaprio is being welcomed into like the pearly gates of hollywood Mm -hmm. stardom in this like pre like maturity hollywood where everything was everyone's still like worshiping all these beautiful stars and everything and then on the other side of that you have instead of the horrific act of violence being done to margot robbie which kind of brought on this wave of everyone is depressed and kind of thinks about the system more it's brad pitt killing these would-be murderers and everything stays the same but there's still that horrible violence to it yeah, so I, think that's I don't really think it's saying that it's a good thing. I don't think it even tries to justify it. I, I like you're saying. I think that it's like a something bad was going to happen. Someone was going to die. Violent acts will happen, yeah. but it kind of just changes the direction. And it's really interesting to look at the effect that has. And it's like, is that is that better? Yeah, exactly, it, exactly. It really, I think it poses some very interesting questions. It's, yeah, it's far i think this is my favorite tarantino movie i'm sorry ben it's, no me it's too so ben much, i'm so sorry it's just it's so much more subtly impactful than any of his other movies because he's very mm-hmm. he gets by by being very like shockingly violent and like oh this is a great dialogue scene because it's just like 55 minutes of people sitting around a table and eating 
waffles and talking and you're like this is the greatest scene i've ever seen it has but the his greatest dialogue, dialogue scenes are ever. always so in your face they're always like written like action scenes like what i was saying this yeah. film doesn't feel like a tarantino f- film it, it feels much more mature much more and the techniques he uses the jump cuts he uses the the editing he uses all feels almost like if it, it feels like it has overtones of like godard it has overtones of like antonioni it has overtones of scorsese at times it feels not like him but it feels so much more mature than his usual style and it's so interesting to see him do that anyway i'm voting for angels of spider yeah, <laughs> i'm voting for once upon a time in hollywood we love that movie ben, ben why don't you, you talk th- you kind of already said everything uh <laughs> like, i could sorry, talk about bud. this for hours like i know me I, too um i mean like you're both voting for once upon a time in hollywood and i i think i am too uh, but we gotta put some respect on Into the Spider Verse because it's, yeah, no, it's, it's 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 probably like a top five animated movie ever. Um, it's it's just the way it tells its story is so creative. The way it's animated is so creative. It's got a lot of rap in it, so Will loves it. Um, <laughs> it's an instant um, points for me. Um, I think that the acting is also an underrated element of the movie because the voice acting I think is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's 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 obviously it's it's a fantastic animated movie, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I think is better. Yeah. All right. Once Upon a Hol- Time in Hollywood I, moves on. I'm sorry for rambling. Yeah, me but, too. I'm sorry, I got okay. really in, like into it. You did. Every okay. time I, I watch it, it, I like it more. The first yeah. time I watched, it, I gave it like four stars, or I, I, mean, I gave it four and a half stars. But I was thinking the four stars, I think. And now I have it as my fifteenth favorite movie of all time. <laughs> I so. know. I mean, I gave it five stars on my first watch, and I haven't seen it since. So I feel like I got to rewatch it, and it might it might break my top whatever top twenty. We all like, it's in my, it it's in my top it's in my top fifty right now. But so is Spider Verse. We were gonna watch um, it over Reading Week together, but we didn't get a chance to. So you know, oh, yeah. maybe that's a movie night at some point in the future. We for should sure. all watch it together. For sure. Okay, last matchup of the day. This is almost an hour. Uh, so yeah, let's I'll do our <laughs> final one. Let's this is a, a big boy, and Ben, I think you should start us off because I know what you're gonna pick. Uh, the Master versus. The Social Network. Go. I hate the Social Network. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't hate the social. I don't hate the Social Network. I think it's. I think it's good. I. No, I don't. I actually don't really like it that much. I, I, something. Something. I don't know why, but I just can't connect with a lot of Aaron Sorkin's writing, and I don't understand why. I've seen a couple movies by him that I like. I've seen Moneyball, and I love Moneyball. I've seen Molly's Game, and I think Molly's Game is good. I think Steve Jobs is pretty good, but for some reason, this fucking movie, and I don't understand why I don't like it, but I don't, and it's just. It's, it's it's it bugs me so much because I know I should like it but I don't and it's really 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 annoying however the master now that I like I love <laughs> I, love, <laughs> I love the master I think it's we saw this at TIFF over our reading week um, on 35 millimeter I think 70 yeah. millimeter and double the millimeters you're right it was 70 millimeter and it's it, it's I think you guys talk about how Lawrence of Arabia is one of those movies that seeing it on film just makes everything so much better. I feel like this is, I haven't seen it obviously, but I feel like you can compare the master to it almost as well because the way that everything pops because of the film is just ridiculous. Like the, the, the entire cinematography has the shade of blue over it. And I just think that it's so, so pretty. I, ah, <laughs> I'm so overwhelmed right now. I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is like, 
I, I, I don't have words to describe just how amazing of an actor he is. And it, it's because of this movie that I'm just starting to get into him recently. And it breaks my heart because he is so, so talented. Like, he is one of the best working actors, like, ever, in my opinion. Just because of the movies I've seen from him. He's, the way he immerses himself in the roles, it's just so real. He's the definition of an actor where you go to see it and he is portraying that person for who they are. Not, you don't see Philip Seymour Hoffman at all in any of the movies he's in. You see the character and nothing else. Joaquin Phoenix is also amazing. Uh, Amy Adams is also amazing. It's just, the writing is spectacular. Paul Thomas Anderson is, is amazing and we talked about Phantom Thread and we said that we talk about the master and his directing in the master because I think of the movies I've seen from him, which isn't many, I think it's his best. And I think everything about this movie is just like, it just flows together so well and just meshes together to create an absolute masterpiece. Okay. <laughs> I'm sad that I can't vote for the master. I'm, I wish it had gone up against something else, because I would have. Well, I don't know what Keelan's. I don't know what Keelan's gonna do, but I, I have to vote for the social network. I think the social network is the best Aaron Sorkin movie, and it's like if we're talking if we're talking about important, that is that's an important movie for now that's like a it's very cliched to say but that's like a movie for our time it's just mm. it just shows like the messed up horrible ways that our modern like uh social world is founded on that sounds very like <laughs> like fight clubby but you know <laughs> what i mean like yeah yeah and and also the the only flaw that i have with it is in one scene where they're in one of the like the court scenes um somebody there's a lawyer named Sai, and somebody says Sai, and i didn't know that that was the lawyer's name so i thought she was just saying that she was sighing <laughs> and that disoriented me um and also i've seen online that there's uh the the scene with the rowing um which is an awesome scene doesn't yeah. really have a point to be there which I can't think of a reason it should be there, but also shut up because it's awesome. <laughs> it's so awesome. <laughs> anyway, um, do you have anything more valuable to say, Keelan? <laughs> I, I really hard. I, I honestly, actually, as of this moment, I do not know what I'm voting for. I don't, and I need to think this one out for a second because the Social Network is like listed as my second favorite film of all time. Yeah. I think the script is the best script I've ever heard, ever, bar none. I think the, the master the, is the the only thing that I can say about the master, which takes it down a peg for me, is that it's it sometimes gets a little bit like up its ass with like let's just ha let's have them in a in the jail cell for like five minutes, and it's a, it's great because they're both like the best actors of all time, but it's like it, the the social network is so refined, you know, it's just like it's exactly what it's meant to be it's so like perfectly visioned you know i think okay, but i feel like if the very master, different movies yeah i feel like if the, yeah i feel like if the master was refined in the sense that the social network was it would not be the same movie it was i i agree i think the social network is clinical 
like very clinical because that's yeah. very David Fincher. David Fincher. I watched a video essay again. Sorry, but uh, I watched a video <laughs> essay where they're talking about how David Fincher does his camera work, and this is very true. The only times he ever moves his camera is when the characters move. The entire film is predicated, and like every single camera movement follows a character movement. No camera moves without a character. It's it really cool to watch stuff based on that. And it's why when you watch a David Fincher movie, after you watch it, you kind of look around the world like you're watching a David Fincher movie because you're only moving your image when you move. And it, it kind of disorients you for a second because that's how he makes his films. And it makes them very personal. It allows you to connect with characters even if they're very unlikable. It makes you, it draws you into their minds. The the Master, I, I agree that it takes liberties with the lengths of its scenes and takes liberties with like, like you said, getting up its own ass a little bit. But I think it works so well in the master simply yeah. because it has it, it, it can like, it's saying here's the substance he, like or rather here's the style here's the style here's the style like it's shoving the style in your face and the only reason it works is because it has substance to match mm-hmm. and yeah. that's so hard to pull off I think Bingo. that I, I'm, I'm not saying that it doesn't work because I think it does I think we all gave it both no we gave Keelan and I gave Social Network five stars and we all gave the master five stars yeah. Um, I, I just think that the degree to which it works in the master is not matched by the degree to which the social network's style works for it to tell I its agree. story. I agree. But like, as I said, like one's very clinical and the other one's very rough around the edges. And I think mm-hmm. both need to be that way. Like the master feels like if it, it, it feels like a, a rug with tattered edges, like it feels intentionally choppy, like at times. And I really love that about it. Cause it makes you, it's like, um, apocalypse now where it makes you feel like you're going insane. It, it, like, cause it yeah. sometimes it just like, I don't understand what's happening. And that's the point of the scene is that it's supposed to make you not understand what's happening. Whereas the social network very much like holds your hand through the process, but in a very good way in that it's supposed it's very direct and it's telling you what you want what it wants you to think about and i and i that works for sorkin only sorkin basically yeah because his scripts are so like on the nose but they're written so eloquently that it works i don't mm. know man I yeah don't i'd know. also like to say that this, the screenplay for the social network is probably like one of the best screenplays ever yes in, I agree. in my opinion but and and it's david might be like, like one of the best directed films Ever. But like the direction in the master is so stupendous. The direction in the social network is also amazing as well. It's amazing, but I think it's, I think the writing is bar none like incredible in the social network. And I think the direction is bar none incredible in the master. I think both of them out- outlevel each other. I think the the direction. I, I love the social network also because, like, something like Molly's Game is good and it has a well written script because it's Aaron Sorkin who wrote the script. But the mm-hmm. social network has. Like the script is by Aaron Sorkin and it's directed by David Fincher, and they're both very like distinct, like uh, film people, and together it creates something that's also very distinct, and you can see both of their like styles peeking through. Like the I think the other thing is that uh, is that um, Fincher de-sorkinized the the social network script to like to a certain extent. Like in rehearsal, they cut out a lot of the repetition and a lot of like the the, the, the stats and stuff like that, that that Mark Zuckerberg would would spout just to make it a little bit more palatable, which I think works for Fincher's stuff. Because Fincher's very direct as well, but in a different way where he likes to be more like Cormac McCarthy-ish. Like he's very very succinct. He'll like tell you a point and move on. But Sorkin <laughs> is very elaborative. Um. I'm giving it to the social network. God, no. Because because I I think genuinely Ben genuinely Ben I think that they are equally like equal equal films. They're barred like the same. They're the same movie. Um, but I think personally that writing matters a little bit more. 
that's just me but I think that you could make a great like a really well directed film if the writing's bad it would be terrible but if the writing's great and the direction's poor it can still be a spectacular film I think, and I the, think the master yeah. is kind of an acting showcase in a way it is, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No. I just think that the social. And network, also, you're right. It's just tighter. It's just a little you know bit what? tighter. I don't know. What, I don't know if I agree with what you said. If that the script's good and the directing's not so good, that it still can be a good movie. I don't know if I agree with really? that. Really? No. Yeah. I think. I think the directing is on paper the first. Not to get like no pun intended on paper the first thing you see when you look at a movie. Obviously, well maybe the acting and then the directing, and then it's it's, it's once you look at it's it's. It, here's what I think. Go ahead. This is with this is just with me, and you could you could totally say something different. But when I'm watching a movie, the first thing I notice is okay, how are the actors doing? How are they performing? This might just be because I I like to act and everything like that, and I might see that first. But the first thing I see is the acting. The second thing I see is while I'm watching, I'll be like, wow, that's a really pretty shot. Wow, this is a really well shot scene. Everything like that. And then it's not till after the movie that I let the script sit with me. That I let the script kind of come at me and say, okay, was this script good? Was this script well? Did the dialogue flow well? Was it mm-hmm. was it snappy? Was it quippy? Was it slow burning? I think... And I think... Uh, I... Well, I think it's subconscious more. Like, so I, you don't yeah. think about it, but it's. I it's, guess so. I guess so. I think for me, like, if you boil filmmaking down to like the barest of the bare, like if you look at like a YouTube video, some YouTube content creators are filming on 4K and they have a really nice setup and everything looks really great. But if they're saying cringy shit, you're not going to enjoy it. But someone could make a really like a 360p video, like Casey Neistat's early videos, work because they're well written and they're well edited. But the direction's garbage. Like the quality's terrible. It doesn't look good. You know but it works because he has a point to make. I think that in the end, I think writing just edges it out a little bit for me. But that's, like, I, I totally see what you mean. Yeah, I disagree with you, but I also see what you mean. I I, I don't know. I just feel like... Ugh. I know. It's No, trust me, this is like, I don't know what to... Like, it's really this just, this just This just hurts me more because I don't like the social media. Yeah, yeah I, I understand. I understand. I'm really sorry, bud. Ah, uh, I know. All's fair in picking movies for an arbitrary reason. No, yeah, fair. <laughs> uh, we're gonna wrap it up there. All oh, right, yeah, that was very long. Maybe that next time we should long. do six. That was long. Or like yeah, five. We'll, we'll see how long we're debating. We've debated for a long time on a lot of these. Yeah. Um, let's check in on that. Uh... Oh yeah. <laughs> so you want to know what the results of the poll were? Yes. Yeah. Four votes total. Fifty percent. Fifty percent. Oh my lord. Split down on the both. Middle. What on about both. on Instagram? Okay, tell I didn't you what, do Instagram. I, will... I didn't do Instagram. Oh, you tell didn't you do. What. No, here's tell what we're gonna what. do. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give it to Interstellar. I'm okay. gonna let Interstellar through <laughs> because the more I think about it, I understand. And also, fair. It's fair. We have hot fuzz. I'll give it to Interstellar. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna give Interstellar the win there. And just to tease some upcoming. This is fun. I'm loving doing this. This I is love so it too. cool. Um. And I, I I think that we're all being far more. Um. What's the word? far more eloquent in our in our uh, defenses of these films than we mm. have been in the past versions of these brackets. We're, I, we're no, saying definitely. a lot more. <laughs> it's, it's a good... It's, it's, it's just, it's it's just a, a good movie. I can't describe <laughs> it. It's just everything about it. I can't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next three matchups that we're going to see, uh, some pretty good ones. We have Climax versus Lady Bird, which is going to kill oh, us all. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, followed up by Marriage Story versus The World's End, which might kill me. Ooh. And then finally, Rope versus Frankenstein 1931. <laughs> finally, some films that were made before 2000. We'll have to go get to the debate. <laughs> wow. yeah. um, 
because if you look at some of the last ones, I think like 80% of the ones we debated today were from like 2010s. I, they, were, <laughs> they felt pretty recent. We had 12 yeah. Angry Men, that's the only old one I can remember. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And we didn't talk about 12 Angry Men at all. Well, we um, let it go on. So. We let it go on. Yeah. We'll talk about it later. So anyways, thank you very much for watching this episode of <gasps> Movie Bracket with Will, Ben, and Keelan, and we will see you all in the next one. Bye. Bye.